I'm Tara. And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we are here to lovingly snark on Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas lineup for the 2023 season. And we are officially in it. We have watched movies now. We have watched three movies. Yeah. Here on this first weekend, but in particular, we have watched the movie that we are going to talk about tonight, which is called Chris Under the Christmas Sky. <laughs> Under the Christmas Sky. Christmas in Space. Christmas Astronauts. I don't know. The, I would have loved Christmas in Space, but I do think I would have expected Muppets. Well, and they're not actually in space. That's no. kind of the whole point of the movie is that she can't <laughs> go to space. Exactly. Um, but before we get into that, um, this is a start of season number five for us. We will be podcasting about one movie each weekend. So we plan to cover as much as we can, as long as we can. Um, but we will be doing our tiered ranking system that we did last year. We've honed this over our, our four or five seasons now. Mm -hmm. So we have, let's start at the bottom. So we used it last year. We really liked it. The bottom was Snooze Fest. Right. These are the movies that are... There's nothing good or bad about them. They're just boring. Which to us is the ultimate... That's the ultimate fail. Mm -hmm. Bad but snarkable. It may not have been a good movie, but my goodness, was there some good content. The, it's that it's so bad, it's good category, which for us is better than Snooze Fest. Right. And a mid one is watchable. You know, if, it, it's, if it's on, you know, you might scroll your phone while you're watching right. it, but it's it's there. And then right above that is watchable, but, but on purpose. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. Like you said, I will tune in to watch that movie. And then our top tier annoyingly save, good save for the very best because we love the bad but snarkable but when they're actually good and they're actually actually good mm -hmm. it's annoying, it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be using that same system this year and if you stay tuned to the end of the podcast we will tell you what we think about this one um for this for this first movie that we're, we're talking about in this first podcast but then each week we will give our ranking from the previous week's movie so even though we don't have time to do a podcast on all 31 plus 10 because there's also all the hallmark movies and mystery movies we can at least tell you where they fell and if they're worth watching or not definitely all right so under the christmas sky we picked this one because we like space Themes. We do. We One of our kids' rooms is space-themed. And this one, very clearly, from the little blurb, this is a movie yeah, that has something to do and with And we were both stars. on the same page. We, yeah. we were like, this is the one we're going to watch. So this is the one we picked. Shall I give a little blurby? Yeah, give that really super useful blurb that Hallmark gives us. <laughs> right. This is Philo, who we, we stream our movies through. So, Under the Christmas Sky. Sparks fly between astronaut Cat and by the book David when they work on a planetarium exhibit that's opening right before Christmas. And that's it. <laughs> All right. But I will give you the further deets on this. So bear with me as I tell you what happens in this movie under the Christmas sky. Because we start with our main character, Cat. She is played by Jessica Parker Kennedy. And she is a, well, she's, She's space bound, but she's been grounded because she had a car accident that has left her with uh, a blind spot in her vision, which means that she can no longer go to the space station, which has been her goal. And she's just really super bummed about it. So she's taking some time off, headed back home with her brother to stay at her parents' house for a while. We don't quite know if she's actually living there or just staying there for a bit. Um, but 
in that hiatus from her regular job, she is consulting with a planetarium to help them with an exhibit um, to kind of volunteer some time there to assist with that. And in particular, she has been teamed up with David, who's very by the books. And in particular, he is known for having boring exhibits. Like they're good, they're factual. He's a very smart guy, but he doesn't have that pizzazz that you need in a planetarium exhibit. So she's working with him. At first, he's a little peeved by this, but they talk to the director of the planetarium and she's like, no, this is going to work out for you guys. We want to see some more stuff about, particularly they're working on an exhibit about the sun, but she wants them to bring Christmas into the sun to bring all those Christmas patrons into the planetarium. So she and David work together on this exhibit. They get to know each other. They talk about their careers and their ambitions and her struggles and his struggles. And he also has a daughter named Lila. Um, so they do some fun activities together. They go curling, they eat some ice cream. It's all good times. Um, and they plan this exhibit that is based around some pagan themes having to deal with the sun and how those relate to Christmas traditions, as well as a Santa tracker in the planetarium to bring the families in to watch that. And so on the opening night of the exhibit, everything is going really well. Um, Kat is working next to Lila when Lila has drops an ornament that she's working on in a craft station and she's really upset. So Kat talks to Lila um, about that and David gets like really mad about it. But then they talk about it and um, Kat also is fielding a potential job offer from someplace far away. Was it New York? I don't remember. Um, and then, but she decides that she wants to stay there. David also Here's some of that. And he, you know, there's a little bit of a fluffle around that, but they work all of it out. They decide that she's going to stay there. They're going to be in love with each other. They kiss and they fall in love and everything is magical on Christmas under the Christmas sky. Oh, and the male love interest is Ryan Pavey. <laughs> <laughs> that might be worth noting because we do like him. But yeah. We do. Well done. You know, you always end up doing these because at the beginning we used to trade off. I can't do a good summary the way that you can. It's because I'm a librarian. And I'm grateful for it. So thank you for playing that part of our relationship. Well, and I know it's helpful for our listeners. We do them because some of you either may have not watched the movie or you may be hearing this years after the fact. So it's a good little crash course for all of us. All right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of our podcast, Sparks and Snarks. So this is where we talk about what we liked. Sparks. And what we maybe didn't like or really found hilarious. Snarks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thus the name of our podcast, because um, let me tell you how the balance usually tips on that. I got to tell you, as we talk about this movie, the balance is real heavy on the snarks. Though sometimes snarks are so good that they turn around to being sparks, but I still leave them in the, in the snarks yeah, I, when I talk about they're them. Yeah, but I agree. This is not one of those movies. Okay, Tara, what are your sparks? I, I had to dig a little bit for these, to be to be honest. And one of them was probably more snark than spark, but we're going <laughs> to put it in spark. So um, I liked some of the jobs that we saw in this movie because, you know, I do love space. So that already was a, a, a good feature. But we had a lot of people with PhDs. And we paused the movie to check that. We, um, there's definitely a clip out there or like a shot that Austin took of me looking like that meme of the guy like pointing at the chart, looking <laughs> like, you listen to me, because I was pointing at the screen trying to read those degrees on the like screen. It was like from like Ohio State. He was a doctorate of 
And he also had one from Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> so he, had, he, he had lots of he's credentials. He's bouncing around. But yeah, so he has a PhD. She has a PhD. Um, I love I love a good academic. I would say one of my sparks was also about professions. I loved that Kat's parents were both librarians. We got double librarian yes! parents. <laughs> now my snark is how did they afford that house? But we'll get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a librarian myself. No. no. <laughs> As a librarian with a PhD, um, also no, on and no, and double no. Um, another spark for me was the chemistry between the brother and the woman whose name is not memorable, but who also worked at the museum. I really, they I thought cute. they were a cute little side couple. Yeah, and he, she works at the museum, so she has a job. <laughs> He does not. <laughs> she still gives him a chance. Um, she accuses him of trying to steal the flyer. Well, because he was stealing yeah. the flyers at one point in the movie. But, you know, you could tell the second that interaction happened, I was like, oh, we're going to get a secondary love storyline yes. here. It was cute. I also appreciated that it was a biracial family mm-hmm. because she's kind of ambiguously racial, but he's black. I think mom was black and dad was white, mm-hmm. at least from my read of the race of the characters. Yes. So we don't, I mean, I guess we've seen biracial families, but I always like when we see that representation. I do too. But uh, my snark that I'm putting in the spark category (laughs) is that this movie is the first Hallmark movie I've seen where we are alluding to the pagan roots of Christmas. It's because they were doing this whole exhibit on the sun and how that is like that Christmas and the sun are all rooted in these ancient traditions that are not about Jesus. Right. And they don't like connect all of the dots for you. They just kind of leave that there because they're really trying, what they're really trying to do is I think that they had this planetarium booked to film this movie in. And so they had this brilliant idea. So they were trying to say like, how can we connect these two things, Christmas and space? And so that's the way they did it. But it is rooted in, in all of those Mm -hmm facts and um so she's she's doing that in her exhibit which i enjoyed and i will say i also enjoyed that at the end of this movie when she's picking what she wants to do she's faced with the decision of does she return back to this amazing job with fake canadian nasa or the nsp (laughs) the national space program (laughs) Or does she go take this another amazing job in Boston or someplace that's not local? And she'd already made up her mind before Ryan's character even tries to convince her otherwise that she was going to stay and take this amazing, like stay with her amazing career. It just happens to be that he's also there. So I liked that they emphasized that it wasn't him that made that choice for her. And you don't always see that. So I appreciate like we have a smart woman, STEM focused, who's making decisions that are in her best interest for her career. And she gets to have the guy at the end. And it's still a great job. The job she's like, she doesn't get to go to the space station, which is what she always wanted to do. But she realizes that she still has a passion for what she does, even without that element. And so she's still keeping a great job. And I did remember we didn't tell people where this movie is set, which is Kansas. It's set in Kansas. Oh. <laughs> I was so distracted by f- trying to figure out did they actually film this it's in a planetarium? It's all filmed in like Manitoba or something because we we did it we did a real deep dive on that which we'll get to later. Um, but yeah, the the setting for this is Kansas, and so she's getting she's entertaining a job, yeah, Boston, New York, something like that, and chooses to stay in Kansas with the I'm, National I'm sorry, Space I'm, Program I'm sorry. in Kansas because <laughs> that's where we launch our our rockets from in this movie. <laughs> I really missed the canvas. Right, canvas. Kansas. 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 Yeah. 
uh, reference. Um, wow. That really just puts a whole new spin on it for me. Um, shall we move into snarks? That's the real meat and potatoes. Even though we just said something else was meat and potatoes. Oh, all, all of, of this it. is the meat and potatoes, but this is the, this is this the is gravy. The real... <laughs> this is, this is the like best bite of the meal. Yeah. This yeah. is the good meat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start us off because, um, it's still October. <laughs> I, I kind of forgot the premise of this movie when we started watching and I kept being like, why is the, like, why is it so blurry on the screen? And then I was like, oh, they're trying to show me the visual impairment from her perspective. And when she got the like diagnosis shared with her at the beginning, I like legit, I turned to you, Tara, and I was like, is this a movies and mysteries? I thought, like, oh, is she dying? Like, is she, is she got, uh, you know, until Christmas to live? I know. I was like, <laughs> this is so dark. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. I remember what we're supposed to be watching here. So I would just, maybe that's a snark on myself. <laughs> <laughs> and and I forgot what we were watching when she's walking through the National Space Program building at the beginning and it just looks like a shopping mall. <laughs> it did. It I was like, like, this is do. where we work. This is the space center. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like it was definitely filmed at a shopping mall. Yeah. It had to have been. I mean, I have a lot of snarks about the set in general. We had a lot of questions while we were watching, too. And, like, this is why we did a deep dive, because we had to understand the filming locations. But before we even get there, the decorations in this movie, I think they were overcompensating that this was, like, an early October movie. It is some of the worst holiday decorations I've seen, to the point of where we see this, like, opening shot of going into their house and on either stairwell like or the railing on the stairwell it's different garland it doesn't match yeah, and you pointed it out and i was like well, maybe it's the lighting or the positioning no it's totally different garland it's totally different garland and in i think they just were like christmas threw up and like we say that a lot there was n this is the number one amount of christmas trees in a single room that i have seen they just took everything out of the truck for this one there were five christmas trees in that massive living room of this house just like imagine walking through your living room but in all the walking space there's just like random christmas trees like they're not even <laughs> against walls they're not in corners they're not in scenic places they're just kind of like smattered across the floor and then imagine that right next to it is another one <laughs> And it's like, it you know, just... I, I think about when you're on a college campus and they have those call boxes and they have to be within view <laughs> of another one. It's like, that's how the Christmas trees are in this house. You need to have, be able to see a Christmas tree from each Christmas tree. And I feel like they had to do this because like, so Kat's house, her parents' house is like, we really only see like two shots. We see in the kitchen and then in the living room and they cross the foyer to get to both. It's clearly they had to fill the space because they think they filmed this at a retirement home Something. or a community center because it is not to the scale of even just like mansions. It was so weird. Yeah. And I think that mom might be stuck in the kitchen forever. Like She's all she was ever loop. doing was baking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that movie, the snow globe movie, where they just keep pulling the same turkey out up. of the yeah. oven every five seconds. I did feel like her mom was in the snow globe movie. It was like, it was a weird set. The house just felt weird. All of the set, I mean, we spent a lot of time Googling the main sets, which were the planetarium, which I think actually was filmed at mm -hmm. a real planetarium. We yep. looked it up, um, but it, it just also felt a little bit off. And I don't know. We, well, we, well, when they put we a were, reindeer on the rocket... <laughs> <laughs> and that rocket's really there. So there's a shot of a rocket. 
Um, and it's like in the museum exhibit and it just has like these like stuffed reindeer riding on top of it. And we were like, no. But when you look up the pictures of this museum, it has that rocket yeah. in the exhibit. So Hallmark just took their truck and they just threw some reindeer put on top reindeer of the rocket on and said, this is an exhibit about the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it in our movie. <laughs> and that was the exhibit. Reindeer's on a rocket oh, launching yeah. Rudolph to the moon or whatever we're doing with him. <laughs> launching him on an attack. I don't know. <laughs> Um, what other snarks do you have for this? I mean, I have, I have so many. Okay. So at one point in the movie, we see the manager of the planetarium or whatever, the boss lady, and they're talking to her and her vision for the planetarium is that it is going to be a hub for the community. And I was like, that is a nice idea. But when I think about my lovely community that I live in now, granted, I don't live in Kansas. Right. Um, so who knows? But. I Maybe never that's think a about... question of Kansas is that the planetariums are their hub of the community. Because <laughs> it's like they got that big sky. I mean, I know that's Montana, but it's like, you know, it's flat there. So you have a bigger sky than here. Um, and, you know, but when I'm like, oh, love my city. I just love going down to the planetarium and hanging with my friends. It's where we gather. No, I think about libraries. I think about coffee shops. I think about community centers. Uh, so the I think the idea of making a planetarium the hub for the community is a little bit ambitious and maybe not realistic i feel like if they had tweaked it a little bit to be like let's like let's capture the youth who want to stay engaged or like something around or we just, want to reach families like reach yeah. intergenerational but things because that's i just part feel of like she's working for the this. wrong place if that's her goal it's like oh girl i also love that she was like David, your exhibits are boring. They need more Christmas. So here's this person from fake NASA to help you with that. Because And that's also, yeah, that's what I look for in my science museums is more Christmas. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about this exhibit. So we've talked about the reindeer, but like, let's talk about the inspo for this exhibit. Yeah. She watched, she, Kat explains that when she was a kid, she went to the planetarium. And she saw an exhibit about the moon and Christmas. And so surprise, her big idea is let's talk about the sun and Christmas. <laughs> so creative. Such an outside of the box thinker. Oh, yeah. So that's her inspo. And um, she talked like lovingly about this beautiful picture that stayed with her since her childhood. And she wanted to recreate that for the children today as this community hub. And she was like, it was this gorgeous moon with Santa sleigh silhouetted in front of it. And she's like, and so I've been inspired for this piece of art. And I was ready, Tara, for it to something be like beautiful. something beautiful, even not beautiful, just like, okay, like traditional Christmas feeling. I was like, are they going to put a Santa sleigh in front of the sun and make it look like he's burning <laughs> That's up? That's the I level was like, <laughs> of creativity we have here. But no, it was clearly someone took something from clip art and put a Santa hat on it. It was like a clip art sun with a, with a hat on it. it. Was, it I was, mean, it looked like it was from 1995. It was terrible. I mean, I laughed so loudly. The reveal was did not match the words that they were saying. No. And, 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 you know, when you think about clip art suns, that's also, it's a science place. Like, that's not what the sun looks like. It's not a yellow circle with orange triangles around with it. With a Santa hat on it. <laughs> right. Because first of all, that hat would burn up if it was on the sun. That's real the science. sun is very hot. <laughs> and it is not a Christmassy orb. <laughs> star i'm just like i wish that had been the first stop of the exhibit this is not real the sun would burn this up 
we think this is cute, but guess what? <laughs> now go to our reindeer rocket. Well, and I have a lot of questions about this exhibit in general from a timeline and logistics perspective. And I have this problem. This, If you are a loyal listener of our podcast, you will know that I talk about this a lot. Why are we having this exhibit on December 17th or whatever day it, that they have it, but they are starting to plan it when the Christmas decorations are already up. So this museum, I mean, when, think about when do places start to put up their Christmas decorations? Maybe, maybe the beginning of November, but to be planning your big exhibit and this like whole process starting in early November feels like they're not giving it adequate time. Yeah, I'm, it was not. It, it and was I don't on. think it's actually early November. I think it's later it than was, that. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it felt like it was post Thanksgiving at yeah. this point. Just with the level of Christmas that was everywhere. Right. So, And then it premiered on December 16th with the event ending, like with the cornerstone event ending with a Santa sleigh watch in the planetarium on Christmas Eve. So for this thing that this lady really wants them to do, she didn't really give it the time or resources and the length of time that the exhibit is existing is like a week. I don't know. I, I don't, that doesn't feel like cornerstone of the community hub of the community level it does feel like mismanaging a nonprofit, which <laughs> is very real um <laughs> oh yes 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 and then I, i'm just also thinking about folks that i know in the museum sciences world that they would look at the the exhibit and laugh at how quickly they had put all of that together because i don't think that's the timeline for those things they had to get i mean they had to like get things printed i mean even just sending things to right. the printer takes time right because there was a lot of like you know I don't know what they are and like signage and, and mm -hmm. informational signs and things like that, that looked professional grade right. and, and they didn't just write with it on a sharp. And they and ordered a the lot wall. of those dumb sun stickers to post on everything. Right. That takes time. They, they, you have to get those. Maybe they did somewhere. priority shipping. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, it, so let's talk about this Santa sleigh watch on Christmas Eve. I mean, I get it. Like, I could maybe we always buy, have the events on Christmas, but Eve. I could maybe buy like a tree lighting ceremony, but I do not believe. But again, why are we lighting the trees on Christmas? But Eve? hold on. Let's, let's, that's a different movie complaint. <laughs> this is why are we saying let's bring our children who are supposed to be asleep for Santa to come and making these poor people work. On Christmas Eve. Right. She, like she does this, like the director does this whole like, thank you so much for all of you being here. This has she been a fun, a relaxing. Very I was like, long you did speech. nothing. Well, and she gives a very long speech about everybody involved in creating the exhibit. And I'm like, don't nobody care about that. And they, yeah, they hooped and hollered. But then we're watching this unrealistic thing. But the Oregon Trail graphics of Santa's sleigh across the planetarium dome. I, yeah, I thought he was going to die from dysentery. Like when he came out of there, <laughs> I was like, we have go we have gone back to 1995. It was like, and then there was like an explosion of candy canes. It just looked like a and 90s they were like screensaver. And down on the screen. <laughs> it was terrible. It was the worst graphics. I would be disappointed if I had taken my family there on Christmas Eve. This is not hub of the community no. level graphic design. Dear director... <laughs> Uh, do better for my community hub. Thank you. Um, I also, the I want to go to the brother for a minute. Aww. So, I, good little side character, but he was <laughs> he was in between jobs. He's like a little failure to yeah. launch kind of yeah. moment he's, for he's him. He's not. I I get the sense he's not really a catch, but 
the movie wants him to feel but like the movie wa- like wants us to find him endearing so you know he's fallen in love with um the the girl who works at the museum Her celeste celeste yes we looked it up and she was like he, he he was he's clearly wanting to spend time with her and she's like well i'm working on this toy drive thing he was like oh i would love to she's like it's a toy drive for children he his response to that is i'm young at heart and i live with my parents right which he's is like, why he's oh, qualified he's open about that <laughs> which is why he's qualified to do it and i sure hope that cat doesn't also live with her parents because i hope that her bedroom is just a relic of what it used to look like oh yeah we did get to see she's her bedroom sitting in her bedroom and it has like posters up on the wall it feels very like you know a 13 14 year old's bedroom so i hope that she is just visiting home and that that is not the bedroom that she has as an adult woman living at her parents house yeah i think she's visiting it doesn't really tell us if she lives on her own or not but i think that she's just hanging out there for a bit so nothing says kansas like curling Right. There was curling in this movie. Not only was there curling, I believe it was the first curling montage I have seen in a Hallmark Christmas movie. But you know where what curl what does say curling is is Manitoba, which is where <laughs> this was actually filmed. Right. So they just really had to make use of those filming destinations, you know. Yeah, it just it was for some cute winter festive, you know, dates and hanging out. I just I struggled with like w- this is why I can't believe it was canvas. Can- <laughs> why do I keep saying canvas? It's not a LMS platform. <laughs> Kansas. Kansas. Sorry, all the folks from Kansas here. Um, I think the last big snark I have might be one you also have. Mm-hmm. And this is about Ryan Pavey's character and how he just goes kind of bananas. Our third act conflict. Yeah. It's like one, just such a week. Our conflict. 11th hour conflict. So they're doing one of the planetarium hub of the community activities which is building <laughs> ornaments and some kid bully comes up knocks um lila's lila's ornament off and then smashes it with his foot and she's distraught uh and cat goes to try and comfort her which is really sweet it's what anybody would do and actually you'd be kind of a jerk if you didn't do that right so like she pulls her aside and like talks to her cool and then ryan comes over and David comes over and is like, <laughs> don't, don't talk to my daughter. Don't like that's my job. <laughs> don't comfort her when she's upset. What? And, and it was like, what? There's n- any real parent would be like, thank you. And then he comes back and apologizes later. And this, this is actually the heart of my snark. Cause that was a whole snark for me. It was just like, why is he so mad about this? This feels like the most forced conflict at the 11th hour of this movie. And doesn't even keep them separated for that long. Like, that's what's so interesting about it. So he's like, I'm sorry I overreacted. Let me tell you why I'm such an overprotective parent. So, you know, um, there was this one time um, my daughter got hurt at school because, like, someone was bullying her and she was too embarrassed to tell me and her arm got really inflamed. So I had to take her to the ER and they gave me antibiotic cream. So that's why it's I'm really trauma. overprotective. <laughs> it's his trauma it as a like, parent. Um, tell me when she breaks her arm. Tell me when like, like people like 
that was the lamest, weirdest. It's just like it's the, the reminder that Hallmark's conflicts are always the very lowest grade, lowest stakes conflicts, um, because it's never going to be anything really serious, really big, and it's never going to be anything that lasts very long. Or if it's a miscommunication, it's a miscommunication from people who meant well and wires just legit got crossed. Like it is never anything big or real. It's so true. So the movie ends with them kissing in front of the whole family. And they're like, come. And they're like, you want to come kiss in front of us? And I, so the, I don't we know if that's laughing. a spark or a snark, but that was a pretty funny We ending. were laughing about the kiss. And then the family said that. And I was like, at least the movie called itself out on those scenes where like the whole family's in the background around the tree and they're like making out for the first time. And it's like, you're really going to do that from your family on Christmas? <laughs> like chill, go somewhere else. All right. So let's move into the next segment, which is, Will this love last? And and this is a segment. This is my favorite because I now apply this to everything in life. Like I just will look at random people now and just go, no. <laughs> they don't know why, but I just say it to them. <laughs> so will this love last? You know, we have friends that listen to this that, and they're probably going, did she ever say that to me? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, friends. Um, yes, I probably did. Okay. So will this love last? I think yes. I think these two will be fine. I think so, too. I mean, he, he they, he's credentialed enough for her. They clearly, they, they had some good chemistry. They, they have same similar interests. Yeah. She's cool with the kid, and she's like a good friend to the kid. She's going to be a good stepmom. They're both cool staying in Kansas. So, yeah, I think that they can make it They work. all love space. Right. Like common interests. And That's planetarium. Yeah. And pagan rituals and clip art. Perfect. No. <laughs> Match made in heaven. Match made in heaven. This is this is a lasting love. Okay. Um, title review. Do you have an alternate title for this movie? Well, I want to review the title. I, I want to review the title first. Okay. I think it's a terrible title for this movie. Yes. Because it was not under the sky, it was under the planetarium. Right. There was no sky. There was no, no actual right. real sky. It was a fake sky. It was a fake sky. Though Christmas. Yeah. So like Christmas at the planetarium would have been better than yeah. Chris, Christmas, what a sky Christmas movie. <laughs> sky <know>. Christmas movie. <laughs> Maybe sky Christmas would have been a great title. My alternate movie title is a very pagan Christmas. Ooh. <laughs> um, very pagan Christmas bells are ringing. <laughs> Merry happy baby. Baby's on the way. <laughs> I miss those movies. Um, I, I would, I would vote Mary, uh, very pagan Christmas. That's my favorite. Mm -hmm. So now we do our sparks and our snarks. We say how many total sparks ranking, right? And how many snarks we give it. So how many sparks for me was like a three out of five out of five. And how many snarks? Cause yeah, the chemistry wasn't super strong. Yeah. Snarks also probably a three out of five. It wasn't a strong contender in either of those. I I'm going to agree. It's a three and a three. And then. Let's talk about our tiered ranking system now. All right. So we have to place this one in our, it's our very first one we're placing in the tier rank, tiered ranking system. We'll place the others next week. Um, so it is either a snooze fest, bad but snarkable, watchable, watchable on purpose, or annoyingly good. So where would you put this one? Watchable. Uh, same. And honestly, that's where a lot of these movies end up falling. Yeah. But this is this is like almost the quintessential watchable. Because like, I almost find bad but snarkable a better category than watchable. But this doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have enough snarks. There's to not enough snarks to get category. it there. 
And I mean, there's always snarks. Don't get me wrong. That's I, why we pick this channel to, to make podcast about. But there's other channels we're going to pick. But this not one's enough in easy. comparison, right? Yeah. I would not pick this one on purpose, but I wouldn't turn it off if it was on. Right. I like the space. I like the movie. It was fine. So, all right. There you have it, folks. A watchable movie that is a reasonable <laughs> <laughs> a reasonable ranking from us. Um, take with that what you will. You should maybe watch it or it's fine if you don't too. <laughs> and we'll put our rankings of our other movies out on social. Uh, so Instagram and um, our website, hallmarksnark.com. Mm-hmm. So that way you can see how the other movies for this weekend uh, ranked for us. So make sure to follow us on Instagram or Facebook if you just want to keep up with what we're pushing out next. So that being said, I've been Tara. I've been Austin. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. Happy holidays.